Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy, because once you know better, you can do better. Now, I'm Nicole Cunningham, and my special guest today is Julie Stringer. Now, today we're talking about traumatic growth, and Julie's a trauma specialist who's been working with people to process difficult experiences for a long time, like 28 years. So she's absolutely the expert. She was part of the team that counseled and rescued the the rescue personnel at 9-11, and she's part of a federal response team that supports local authorities in recovering and identifying the deceased. They also support reuniting deceased with their next of kin. So I'm so excited to learn more about traumatic growth and how to actually get people on the other side of these traumatic uh, experiences and these events more whole, more balanced and happy. So welcome, Julie. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, the other interesting thing about Julie is she's actually been one of our coaches and, and been working with Kim and I for the last four years. So really, today, Julie, I wanted to pick your brain because Kim and I have been coaching consulting for a combined of 30 years with people um, who have who have had some trauma and, and we have some training in trauma, but nothing compared to what your experience has taught you, what you have seen and how you work with people in this specialty. So do you... I, my first question is, do you really think that some of us have a greater capacity to cope with life's ups and downs and traumatic events, or are we all built the same? What do you think? I think that that we um, all have the capacity to deal with what is in front of us, but I think some people are, are better equipped for it. Um, you know, I look in nature and I see um, the animals, They're, they are um, equipped to deal and deal with the crisis and the and the critical incidences that happen in front of them um, in their own unique way. Gazelles have runaway legs. Elephants have stand and fight legs. And sometimes, you know, I look at us as human beings and we are the same. Some people just naturally run towards um, and uh, uh, an issue, confrontation, and other people want to run away. Um, but it, the good thing about it is that it's, possible to strengthen those um, capacities to deal with those things. It's like going to the gym and exercising a muscle. If you want bigger biceps, you have to exercise that. And every time you do it, it gets a little easier and a little easier. So so what have you learned about these people who have experienced trauma? Because are they built differently? Do they have a different heart or a different level of strength or emotional resilience? Because I've always felt like we were born with exactly what it is that we needed, right? And and, and that truly the life's journey and, and part of living in this classroom and we go through these experiences and they strengthen us and they grow us. It's really our job to find these parts of ourselves. What's your thought on that? I, I think that's true. I think that whatever comes to us is here for our growth. Um, that is a, a concept that it seems to play out for me over and over as I've witnessed humanity and people and the things that we have to deal with. I think that if we're given a problem, we're also given the answer. So we just sometimes need help finding that 
exercising that, strengthening that, and bringing that out in our human character. But I think everybody has the capacity to rise again from trauma. So what is that process? How do, how do we actually find that part of ourselves and, and find that, whether it's emotional resilience or it's strength or it's courage, there's so many different qualities. How do we find that if we have been through a, a traumatic experience or perhaps we're going through something difficult right now? There might be somebody listening to the show today thinking, I want to be on the other side of this. I, I'm not liking this this journey. I'm not liking this lesson right now. How do we go about accessing that, Julie? You know, I think that uh, you know the old adage, mind, body, and spirit. Um, I think that that we we need to nurture ourselves in all three of those capacities. Um, certainly, after a physical danger, for example, a sexual attack, you need to get yourself to safety. So physically, you will be safe. Now we've got the mental and the spiritual p- portions that we have to deal with, and. And, you know, there's help out there with counseling. Maybe you'll go into coaching, um, certainly talking to a a trusted friend, a confidant, one or two. Um, I think that we have to learn those skills, but but to not give up, um, not become a victim and not be labeled as that for the rest of our lives, that we can keep looking and keep learning in all those different parts, all those different categories, body, mind, and spirit. So one of the things that Kim and I have always been really passionate about, and we've touched on this on the show um, over over the weeks, is that we are here to grow. We are here to learn something specific. But a lot of us are in resistance to what it is that we need to learn. You know, uh, that I think of that Buddha uh, quote that it's our suffering to what is that truly creates our suffering. Sometimes we do experience tough things in our life and it's so easy and we feel incredibly justified to be the victim because this thing happened to me or it is happening to me and I'm not okay with it and it shouldn't have happened. And, and they can get themselves very stuck in that justification. And this victim mindset is often something that we receive a lot of calls, a lot of emails about. Do you really believe there is a victim mindset or is this the is this actually a process of overcoming trauma to actually identify yourself as that or not as that and then to come out of that as part of this rising process? What's your thought on that whole idea? And I hate that label, right, that victim or that victim mindset. I'd be interested as to what you think about that. Einstein said, um, Albert Einstein said that we can't we can't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it. And so what he was saying is we've got to get up and out of ourselves and look at it a different way. Oftentimes, if we're victims, we stay stuck and we're not looking at it in a different way. If we can get ourselves up and out and um, and and be of a different mind, then we can see different options. Um, my my job for over three decades was as a police officer and um, I, doing the hostage negotiating. So often people who are suicidal, they think that this is the only option open to them. And it was my job to talk them um, off a ledge or bring them back from that sense of despair to show them that there were many other options. Oftentimes we can't see that. 
as long as we're thinking that we're victims and it happened to me and and it shouldn't have happened, I'm in resistance. I'm pushing it away. So one of the very first steps in this is to move to acceptance. Um, as a police officer, as I was dispatched to an accident, you know, sometimes grisly, awful things that we would see, it, it was a waste of my time to stand there and say, this shouldn't have happened. Um, but But to move immediately to acceptance to say, okay, this is what I've got. Now what? And I think that that's one of the really positive things about coaching that I see. Coaches are able to, or counselors are able to move their the, their, their pe- people, their clients towards that sense of acceptance to say, okay, this is, this is what I've got. Now what do I do? So what I'm hearing from you, Julie, is that until they truly accept that process, they can't move forward through it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. So we we use this language that you're very familiar with as you're one of our coaches here in the 12 Shapes um, you know, relationship system, here on Relationship Radio, the idea of fear of loss. Now, the fear of loss is any time that we're experiencing something, mistreatment, being offended, any time that something didn't go the way that we wanted it to. And let's be honest, there's a hundred million things every day that don't meet our expectations. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. And so we can sometimes feel like we're in that, that stuck in that victim mindset or we're actually just in this fear of loss, whether we've actually experienced that mistreatment or not. Now, obviously your experience is absolutely on the front lines and, you know, hostage negotiations, true victims, right, that we've talked about. Yes. But Many of us, even if we haven't been through something that's perhaps has escalated, you know, or intense, we can still experience that mindset, which we call that fear of loss. And you're familiar with the 12 shape system as well. Yes. And we find that there are some shapes within that 12 shape relationship system that really struggle to let go of the past, specifically octagons, diamonds, rhombuses, uh, you know, squares, crosses. They have a, a really strong sense of what should be and therefore what shouldn't be. Their moral compass is very strong and, and they have a lot harder a time to actually let things go and to accept. And that's a key word as I'm listening to you today, this acceptance. So if if this is you and you're listening to this show today and you're thinking, you know what, that acceptance, I'm hearing this, but I don't know how to do that. Um, you may find that you actually are one of those shapes. So you might want to go to our website, 12shapes.com, take the free relationship survey where you'll actually identify that shape. Now, this again is not a label. And you were just talking before that, you know, labeling people is is actually not the way, right? This isn't about reducing anybody to anything, but it, it creates a framework of new understanding. So as part of this acceptance, I think people require new knowledge. Would you agree? I do. And so I've always struggled with, you know, the therapy model. I've always felt like psychology, even though I've been there and I've practiced it, I've always felt like it was a little outdated that we spend so much time on this backstory and perhaps people don't have the skills to overcome. It's not about just finding peace. It's not about coming to a place of just acceptance. We have to learn new skills and new tools. So give us an idea of the mindset somebody has to have in order to receive new information. I think that one of the most important things is to to realize, to, to be honest with yourself about where you are. 
And if you feel lost, if you feel open and vulnerable, and what you're trying to do is replace that with better skills that would serve you better, you have to identify that. So I think acceptance to me is honesty, coming to terms with that honest, honestly. Um, also, getting somebody else's point of view, because sometimes our friends can see when we're down and out, when we're struggling, even before we can see that. So accessing the people around you and the, and the resources that you have already is a good step. So what does somebody do if they are witnessing this in their home or witnessing this in their community, that there's somebody who, you know, perhaps has been in Afghanistan, been on deployment, or maybe it's just somebody who has had a traumatic experience or has, has you know, had a childhood experience come back to them. What does that person do? Because this can be a delicate conversation yes. to say, you know what, I really think you need to go and get some help. I think that you need to get into acceptance. That's that's a difficult conversation. What do we do if we identify someone around us who we wish would get help because we see their levels of dysfunction and, and how much suffering they're in? What do we do? You know, I think one of the most important things is to be honest with that person also. Um, but there are ways to have that conversation. And certainly in coaching, that's one of the things that we teach is how to have those difficult conversations. Um, also, I think, you know, through coaching, I've learned um, that we that the only person you can change is yourself. So oftentimes, if you notice that someone that you love is struggling, the best way to start is to educate yourself and say, I'm going to take the class, I'm going to go and learn. And then maybe they'll, they will come along and follow suit and come with you because they see that you are setting that pattern. If nothing else, it makes you more intelligent and um, and more introspective and and uh, in order to ask the right questions um, with this person so that you, if you can familiar, familiarize yourself with the common things that happen um, and what is natural and normal, then now it opens another level of compassion for you and then you can talk to these other people. So I absolutely love that because that fits totally into our philosophy here at Relationship Radio, that you can't do better until you know better. So what I'm hearing is that we have to become educated in what these traumas are, in what that, that person's experience is. Now, it's very easy for us to not want to be educated because it's easier to blame and shame. It's easy to say, you know what, this is your baggage. You've got to do it because I'm I'm on the receiving end of this because you have stuff that you need to sort out with. And I know you've seen that with your clients. We say that with our clients all the time. What you're saying is that that there has to be this this reaching out of of, of unconditional love, of compassion, because they're in it because they don't know how to get out. Is, is that what you're saying? Yes, certainly. Um, and you know that when you change the rules for you, everything else changes. So when you change the way you walk or the way the way I cook as a mother in the kitchen, when I change the food that I bring home, it's different. And so I now am influencing the people that I am feeding around me. So this is a powerful concept because so many of us can feel helpless in these relationships. You know, we I, I imagine that you've worked with, you know, hundreds of people who have been the spouse of somebody in the military, right? Who they come back from a deployment and they're like, hang on, this is not what I signed up for. This is not uh, the marriage that, that we had 
right? And, and it's so easy in that place to feel that sense of loss and to say, well, you know what, this, my husband's not who he was and he doesn't treat us and the children the same. And, but you're, you're saying there is a very empowering place that these, these men and women can, can step into in that you're 50% of that relationship. And I think sometimes we forget that, particularly when we start talking about those scary words like victim and trauma, they're really heavy words, aren't they? And so we, we can feel so disempowered and, and as if we're facing something that, that is, is not going to have a resolution or it seems so much bigger. What you're really saying is you're 50% of this relationship. You have more impact than what you realize. And if you educate yourself about these things, you're going to be in a way, you know, serving them better. You're going to see them more accurately. And then you're less likely to be offended. You know, which is a- absolutely because once you you develop that understanding, it takes the judgment out. So let's talk for for just a few moments um, about that judgment. Why do you think people step into that judgment? Do you think that that's just easier to get into blame and shame, I, or is there another reason? I do. I think it's easier, and when we don't know about a subject or about a person, then we move to judgment. Yeah, it's like, almost like a default, isn't it? Yeah. A protective mechanism. All right, we've got to take a break. But after the break, I want to talk more with you, Julie, and learn about what you did around the time of 9-11. This is fascinating. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Relationship Radio here on the Empowerment Channel. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book, called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department, which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. 
However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole here on Relationship Radio today, and my special guest is Julie Stringer. Now, before the break, we were talking about how do we really best support the people we love who have experienced extreme levels of loss and traumatic experiences, because so many of of, of these relationships, they impact us. And how do we actually get out of that blame and shame so we can show up with more love, compassion and understanding? And Julie, you were sharing with us that really without new knowledge about understanding what it is that they go through, we really can't move that relationship forward. We need to be able to show up in a more compassionate way. Now, that's that's all good and and easier said than done. <laughs> As I hear you say that, I think, oh yeah, check, check, I can kind of check that off my list. But doing this is, is really hard. You were, at, you were part of the 9-11 experience. I'd love to hear about what your role was um, and, and what you did and what did you learn? Because this is harder to do than what we're saying, right? It's not easy. Yes. I'm a, a member of a federal team. And when they realized at ni- after 9/11 that they they were overwhelmed with so many so many tasks that needed to be done the cleanup and the recovery and um, searching for people who may still be alive in the rubble um, they activated the federal contract and the teams were brought in so at 9/11 I worked in the morgue um, also in the medical examiner's office and um, you know, we had different um, different stations that where our team members were located, and one gentleman, one he was a Maine State Police officer that I had worked with on a previous disaster. And he knew that I did peer counseling. I was doing exit interviews after that and, you know, just asking people to be introspective and reflect on what was the worst of that deployment and what was the best and what will they take away from that. So he remembered that experience and and came to me one day and and said, you know, they're not doing any, any mental health support. Um, and he said, it's so helpful if someone will just ask us, 
you know, to stop and think about our own process and how this is affecting us. So I went to my team commander at the time and uh, mentioned that we, um, you know, there was a request to have that happen um, to provide mental health support um, while we were doing the operation. You know, 9-11, the recovery went on for months and months. Um, They're still working on trying to identify victims. Um, And my team commander said, just go start. So I I, I would beg rides from the local police officers so that I could get to another location down at Ground Zero or out at the, the, where they were taking all the, 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 I gosh, yeah. The remains. The remains, yes, but but from 9-11, so, mu- so many of the, you know, there was so much rubble and so so much steel, so they would, they would put it on a barge and take it across the Hudson River over to the landfill, but we needed to go through all of that because so often we would find human remains in that also, and, you know, a tooth or a, a ring may be... Um, may be indicative of of who this victim is. So we had an operation with a sifter over there and team members over there working. So it was kind of spread out um, to try to get to our team members, but I would beg rides from the police officers and local police, and they would take me and drop me off different places. And then I'd just grab a broom and start sweeping or, you know, take a job. And, And as I was working with these people, then we were able to talk. So many people just need to be heard. And they, you know, I've heard the quote that everybody needs a good listening to. So that's one of the things that we can do in our own backyards, in our own homes with the people that we love. Just listen to them, ask questions, and just listen. I love that. I love that. Now, I think about these people and people like you, and I, I can't help but put you on a different level. I, I make this assumption that, you know, you have all this experience and you have all of this training. And so therefore you'd be able to handle this, right? Cause this is kind of what you're built for. Isn't, isn't that an unfair assumption? And we all do it, right? We all have the same value. We all have the same capacity to process really. That's what you shared with us today. And so at the end of the day, once all of that training goes out and when all of those jobs and tasks are done, I mean, that's an intellectual experience, but the traumatic experience is one of vulnerability. And really, I, I can only imagine, I don't know for sure, that's my question, do they process this like the rest of us civilians or do they have an extra chromosome or microchip or something to, to get over these things? Because incredibly, they still do this every day. It's amazing to me. Yes. You know, I, I think emergency responders are, um, we're kind of wired differently. We we see the trauma and we want to run towards it. We see the fire and, and we want to run into it. The downside is that, that we can do that for a while. So we are of the mindset. Uh, what is expected of me in this situation, not how does it affect me, um, how it affects me is a luxury to enjoy uh, when I'm at home. Um, I can't get to a traffic accident and think, oh, I'm so grossed out by all of these things or the smell is so bad, I just can't go in there. No, we're, we're expected to, you know, what is expected of me in this situation? And then we just 
perform. We just push through. But that can only hold you for, for so long. Um, I, what I noticed at 9-11 is that some of the people who had been working, I was working alongside in the morgue with a detective who was had been working for two weeks and probably 16, 20-hour days. Uh, and, and after two weeks, he was just absolutely, absolutely exhausted. He picked up a potato chip bag um, at the Salvation Army. They had little care packages for the emergency workers and for the responders. And he he had opened up his care package, and there was a, a, a little picture that a third grader had drawn of of the of the trade towers and an airplane flying into it and the police officer standing out front and she had written you are my hero so he had walked down after spending this shift and had gotten his his care package and opened that up and that touched him to the point that he just broke down and was sitting there on a chair in the sun just weeping and after working with this man who was all crusty and you know bad um and and very sturdy and stout to see him weeping on that chair I thought that's that's not normal so I just took a chair next to him and sat while he cried so we don't know we don't know when it's going to come out and get us you know we're focused on the problem we're focused on the trauma and we're moving towards it it's like playing a basketball game that it's harder to sit on the bench than it is to be one of the guys in the game. And when we find ourselves sitting on the bench or when we find ourselves overwhelmed, that's when we break. And oftentimes, we don't see it coming. Oh, what a beautiful story. That is just so beautiful. Thank you. What do we... What did you learn about about nine eleven and about the world? Because that that day the world changed, and and what have you learned since that? Because I know you you coach so many of of the people who have been in these kind of experiences. It's really your specialty. What do you think we've decided about the world, or what do you learn from your clients who have been through this? Boy, you know, I think one of the disconcerting thing things that I learned is that life can change. You know, we hear that that phrase, New York Minute. It's really true. In a New York Minute, everything can change. We think we're in control all the time. And the truth is, we we really have very little control over, over our lives and what happens. You know, we can walk out the door and and be killed in a traffic accident, or one of our loved ones can take a, a downturn. So, what I learned is that that I have the opportunity or the option, the choice to be bitter or be better and and look for the grace and the love and the beauty and enjoy this moment because it's the only moment that I have. I don't know if I'm going to have the next moment. The people who 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 really crumble under adversity are the ones who don't rise again and to find a way to come come back from from defeat and find the the beauty and the miracle in life because it is a miracle it, we we may not be here it's it's certainly not by um, my design it's not by my effort I realize that there's something greater and something outside me that sustains me and um, and and shapes my life and it could change 
And it does change. You it know, that, does. that whole thing that the only thing that's permanent is change. Yes. So what do you say to people who have a belief system or a mindset that, oh, you know what, I, it's never going to get better, that this, this, my life is over, you know, this shouldn't have happened or I'm never going to come back from this because that we see as part of, of non-accepting, you know, we talked about that in the beginning of the show, that, that really we have to accept what is and it's only our suffering to what is that causes and maintains that suffering. But what do we say to people and, and how do we hold that space for them when they are, are done? You know, it's never going to get better. They are totally in despair and hopelessness. Yes. You know, that's an easy place to be. It's easy It's easy to give up, especially when you have suffered a huge loss, you know, and you're in grief. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, in her book on death and dying, she talks about those stages of grief, and that's normal. That despair is normal. Um, but if we're going to be engaged in the world, if, if it's going to be meaningful, we have to start loving again. We have to be vulnerable. We have to get back to it. So I, in, in talking with my clients, I tell them that they have a choice and, and, and just try to paint a picture of what one mindset over the other mindset will create in their life. When I'm a victim and I've given up and I don't want to engage um, in the world, I don't want to risk. I don't want to risk getting back into the dating scene after a, a bad divorce then what does that mean? That means you're going to stay home and 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 not be involved and not get get out there um, and not be happy. The truth is, being vulnerable is scary. It's scary for all of us, but that's what makes makes life lovely and colored and bright. Um, if we if we close our windows and our doors, shut the curtains, and not get involved. What kind of life does that give us? So I try to paint that picture for my clients and say, it's your choice. You know, when you're ready, this is available for you and you can choose and do different. I love that. So, so many times we experience this with people we love and we care about. It may not be us. There might be people listening today to say, you know what, I'm good because I've made that choice for myself. And we all went through this and we lost somebody we loved and it was awful. Um, but I've made that choice for myself. But you know what, my spouse or my child or my friend or my neighbor has not made that choice. And I can't make that choice for them. And so I have to watch this place of despair. And and often this is where those suicidal things come in that, that you and I both work with very closely. Um, what do you say to people who say that, you know what, they don't get to have this process, enough is enough, or you know what, they just have to hit rock bottom and then they'll surface, so hopefully we're almost there. Because we hear these phrases in our communities, don't we? Yes, we do. <clears throat> and and being the, the partner or the parent or the loved one of a person who is really spiraling downward is a challenge. It's such a challenge for us to reach down there. Um, it, it, I think it's not enough to just hand them a book and say, here, why don't you read this? I think we actually have to have to do it with them. So if I read the book and then say, you know, I read this book and there are some really, really good things about this um, and and be able to talk intelligently about their experience so that we can pull them into that. All we can do is 
we can only control ourselves and our actions uh, ourselves. We can we can change. We can educate ourselves. We can do what we can do, and hopefully, uh, you never give up on these people. You keep reaching out. You keep offering. You keep finding resources. Maybe it's a class, um, or you know, a, a group, a grieving uh, group that might have the same experiences that will validate their experience and just keep hoping. But every person needs to find in their own time, don't they? They do. They do. It's like going to the gym with New Year's resolutions. You know, here we are in the early part of the year. A lot of people will say, I want to get fit. I want to go to the gym and get fit. But people have each have their own different way of doing that. Some people choose to go to fitness classes because they love that energy. Other people would rather just work out in in their own home because they don't want to go to the gym. Other people might want to pay a professional to give them, um, you know, lessons and and it, just a one-on-one experience, or maybe you're with a friend that you would say, "I'll I'll meet you there." So you have to decide what kind of experience works for you, and as as a loved one uh, nurturing someone who has been through this trauma, you might look at some of those options so that you can give them the their choices. But everybody has to have their own unique experience, don't they? they we do. can't project that my way is going to be right for everyone else. And I have to tell you, that's what I love about the 12-shape relationship system is we see that everybody has their own unique uh, strengths and weaknesses. They all have good and bad behavior, but we're all the same value. But we have to have our own journey, that that individualized um, experience. And I think that a lot of the ignorance that we hold is that projection that you know what I should I've done it already so therefore you should too and that's not loving behavior it's not loving at all we we create expectations and then we we blame and shame we we then feel disgruntled when people don't think do the things that that we do and, and according to our expectations we've got to take another break um I'm absolutely loving listening to you today Julie you're full of so much wisdom uh stay with us here on relationship radio we're going to give you more tools and tips in the next seg- segment about how to actually come back and be whole and functional after these traumatic experiences. You're here with us on Relationship Radio. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. 
However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call Now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and our special guest, Julie, today. Now, before we get into uh, more information and how to have this whole and, and happiness and, and, and this full recovery after these traumatic events and when we experience loss. I just want to take a few moments to plug our sponsor. We are so grateful for Now CFO. Uh, they have been such an incredible support of our show and a support to us in our business. And talking about trauma, I have to tell you, I, I think about our books and that, that it brings up trauma for me, Julie. I don't like numbers particularly well and uh, we have just loved the work that, that we've experienced our own business through the support of Now CFO. So the, what they do is they actually give you a bookkeeper and they give you a CPA and a, a CFO in your business, but you only get charged for the hours you need it. Now, that's so great for, for those of us who don't have these skills, don't want to be doing the time in putting into our paperwork, um, but it needs to be done. So if you have, like us, had a whole bunch of shoeboxes with receipts and, and we're totally out of our depth, uh, we encourage you to reach out to now CFO at nowcfo.com and they will hook you up, they will sort you out and uh, you'll be able to sleep easier at night. All right, let's get back into this. You were experiencing, you were telling us about your experience at 9-11 and how the mental health support really came weeks afterwards. Now, all of those people go back to their everyday lives, don't they? They go through these experiences and they get back into the rhythm. And this is what we experience with our clients as well, is that they go through these um, these traumatic events or extreme loss and then they come back and they, they ask themselves to function. But they don't necessarily function the same way that they had. There's a part of them that has shifted. And we talk about this here on Relationship Radio, the idea of fear of loss. And, and I know you're so familiar with that idea from being one of our coaches. What do you teach your clients about fear of loss? Um, that, that it is real and it influences so many other things in their lives. It can influence their health and their relationships, their families. So to, to recognize it and to, and to move to acceptance, like we've talked about, is the first thing. If I come home and my house is dark, I don't fight the dark. I just move to the light. I move to turn it on. 
recognizing that we have been in trauma certainly is the first step and and accepting that it happened and that it, it it might even consider the fact that it might be here to teach me something that I could learn from this is is always a, a good move so Nicole when I have an injury. Say my I, I got a gash on my hand, on the back of my hand. If I shoved my hand into my pocket and hid it from the world, pretty soon that gash, that that cut would fester and and be it, it could be a systemic uh, reaction and my body could I could die because of that. But the way that I encourage healing with that is to expose it to the light, to acknowledge it, to take it uh, to the doctor where it needs to go, uh, to get the help that I need. Um, we know that that healing occurs when we can nurture that and 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 make it uh, um, you know part of our living and include that. So, if you look at a broken bone, say I broke my arm, if we get the proper treatment with good doctors and the right nurturing after, so we're going to be kind to that bone um, so that it gets the proper healing, what we find is that it, the bone is actually, after it's healed, is actually stronger at the break than it was before. So I look at trauma the same way that if we have gone through a bad experience and we get the proper treatment, we acknowledge it, we expose it to the light, we don't try to hide it or or deny it or push it away, we can actually be stronger because of that trauma that we've been through than we were before. So you're saying there right, is hope. You're saying that you can be whole and happy and you can live an abundantly rich, joyful life after these things. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, because there's a lot of people who will be listening today who will say, well, that's not been my experience. <laughs> so so what do you say to people like that who say, yes, I need that. I want more of that. I just don't know how to achieve it. Yes. So I I would say it's out there. The answers are there if you keep looking. Um, and maybe you just haven't met the right person, the, met the right coach to be able to say the right thing or read the right book or listen to the right podcast. So keep searching. The answer is there and we and we can rise again and look at it in a different way. Um, one of the other things that I find with my clients who have been sexual uh, abuse victims, uh, one of the big healing pieces for them is to, to take what they have learned from that and to be able to turn and give that to someone else. So maybe they'll go through the uh, rape crisis training and they can work the hotline. So they feel like they're giving back or or now they attend uh, the different grieving groups and they're able to share their experience, which now becomes food for someone else. So I've always, I love that. I've always talked that knowledge is power and to be empowered, you need knowledge. So you had all of this knowledge. You have, you, you know, very decorated 30 year career in doing this. Yet five years ago, you came to us and said, Hey, I want to do what you do. And, and I'm interested in that, that time of your life and that transition. What, what did you feel was unfulfilled and what knowledge did you feel you didn't have? Because you were already helping people. When I read Kim's book, 
choosing clarity, it changed my life. It was, I, I was just blown away. And because it spoke to my, to, to something deep inside me. And, and I loved it because it meant I had the power. I, I, I wasn't a victim in any situation that I had the power and could look at it I could look at all of my experiences in a positive way. And after I after I discovered that and really integrated that into my life, I wanted to share it with other people. I've always loved to talk with people and and to work with them because I think the human spirit is very resilient. It, I'm always amazed at how people what people can go through and and sometimes they can come out on the other side better off. And so, you know, we talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. We, we, we certainly know about that with our military um, and, you know, with all the, the wars that we have been involved in, um, our young men and women coming back and showing that the signs of that. But like the analogy that I gave of breaking your arm and being being stronger at the break, I do believe that there is post-traumatic growth also, there is the possibility of that, but we have to be looking in that direction. And that's one of the things that coaching gave me was a way to say, to shine a light on that. You know, I think our shadow, the shadow in us, our shadow side, the shadows in our lives hold a lot of meat. They hold a lot of wonderful depth that we can tap into if we are willing to shine the light on that and to, and to lean into that, to lean into the shadow of ourselves and of humanity and of society. And so we can't be afraid to look. We have to, we have, to have the courage to get out there and look. So, Julie, you're one of our 90 now certified, um, you know, independent coaches who coaches out our 12-week coaching program um, here in America and overseas. But you really have coined this term for us of around traumatic growth. I've never heard that before. I know that we send so many clients to you who've experienced these events. What does that term mean? And also share with us that beautiful quote that you shared with me before the show, uh, that we find God when we've trembled. Because I know that there's going to be listeners today who feel like they're trembling Right. Or, or they're still in an experience daily where they are being rattled in that way or, or from years ago. What do you mean by that that term traumatic growth? And and what's that process? So often um, after a tra- trauma, uh, a, a person uses the coping skill of denial and in talking with families or or people who have who are currently going through that grief and loss and trauma if they're using denial as a coping skill that's okay because that may be the only coping skill that they have but eventually the denial has to stop and and eventually on their own in their own time so you allow them to do that and and then just give give them other options that they can look at. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, I love being able to coach these people because they're ser- searching. By the time they get to the coaching where they're searching for answers, 
we're able to provide that by coming in and giving them um, a, a positive and saying we, we have something outside of ourselves. So that quote, we find God where we've trembled. I think that when we are at the very end of our rope, where we don't have we're at the end of our resources, and I don't know how to do this anymore. We we reach outside of ourselves, and that's when we find a whole um, a whole storeroom of extra energy and and miracles and things that come. I also like the quote: "There are no atheists in foxholes," because when we face death, when we face our demise, when we come to the end of our what we can control, which actually is very little, we we delude ourselves into thinking we're in control but the truth is we are we are not there's very little that we can control in our lives and when we come to that realization then we have to stop and say okay by by the grace of something larger than me i exist and I go through life. And it's lovely to have the opportunity. It's a privilege to have the opportunity to coach people and to give them that option. So you've you've really identified for us here that you do need new skills and tools. And there are so many different ways that we can get help. And there are so many resources out there. But it's really such an individual personal journey, isn't it? For that individual to continue to seek answers. Now, we live in a time where we have more information available to us than ever before. And there are resources out there, but somebody has to be hungry for change, don't they? And so whether it is coaching or it's a podcast or it's reading an article, um, we're actually, we have a whole bunch of resources um, that we, we're going to put up on our website as a support to you being on the show today. Uh, so if you want to go on to 12shapes.com into the resources section, the other thing that um, you can do while you're there is take the 12 shape relationship uh, survey. This is a really important part of you understanding who it is that you you are and and your positive and your negative behavior. We also have um, all of our books available there, the People Guidebook and, um, of course, Choosing Clarity, which was the one that you were referring to, Kim's first book um, that really was so impactful to you, Julie. Um, what would you say as just a last few moments of encouragement to somebody today who's listening to you who has been through something so tragic or, or so much loss, what would you say to them about reaching out for help and finding that courage that you can be whole and balanced and happy again after this event? The help is there. The answers are there. What I notice in living is that if I can come up with the question, the answer always comes. So when you're ready, the help is there. Um, formulate the question, ask around keep your eyes open, keep your heart open, and the answer and the and the help and the support will come. I love that. Thank you so much for being our special guest today, Julie. I've learned so much from you. This has been so fun. Um, I hope this has been valuable for all of our listeners. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you'll connect with us again next week for more Relationship Radio. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.